Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? And how do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Well, as we pray and process about these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hey, Jeff. Joe, you started, I was texting my daughter, and you just started out of the blue. I did just start. I, I, I was in the middle of a text. You know, I always like to make sure that our new listeners know exactly what we're getting into but that said, you've heard this introduction about 95 yeah, times. Yeah, but I didn't even have the chance to pay attention to you. I'm like, got my phone up, I'm looking, yeah. and you're like halfway through. You're already talking about well, the mixed messages of our lives. And what you missed, and what you missed has actually totally changed the introduction. This is a different <laughs> podcast. So, <laughs> well, that wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> so uh, welcome to your thoughts on, I have no idea, never mind. Okay. So uh, we actually have another submitted question for this week. Um, Our listener says this, with an increased emphasis on mental health, positive relationships, and doing what's best for you, sometimes it can be difficult to navigate familial relationships that are complicated and tenuous. Mm -hmm. The world would often tell us to cut out toxic relationships, but what should we do as a follower of Jesus? That is a phenomenal question. So we should love the way that Christ loved, and all of us have to remember that we're toxic to Christ, right? So Christ Mm. is perfect. We're imperfect. By our nature, we are toxic to God. Interesting. And so what God did was he found a way to be with us, and he did that through his son, Jesus Christ. So it's the the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, the forgiveness that he created so that when we accept Christ, it's through Jesus that we are then made acceptable to God. So the point of me saying all that is like God didn't bail on us mm. and he didn't throw us aside and and uh, he didn't uh, look and say, you're too much of a pain for, for me to deal with. So that's huge and I very much disagree with, um, I get to decide whether you're toxic to me or not, and then I get to choose whether to cut you out of my life or not. In my view, everything about that is anti the sovereignty of God and the heart of God. Because God and his sovereignty place that person in a relationship with you. Uh, God and his sovereignty maybe called you out so that you are a Christ follower um, and therefore did that in part because he loves that person and wants his love to be represented to them through you. So I very much disagree with canceling. I very Mm -hmm. much disagree with just you're toxic, you're dead to me. I do agree with boundaries. Sure, okay, yeah. And and I do agree strongly with looking and saying – I have, I'm going to let Christ define and direct my life, not you. And there are ramifications and clarifications in certain relationships of what that means. So I don't mean it's a, it's a free for all and anybody can do to you whatever they want to do to you. But I don't think the other solution is that way either that, um, Basically, if a person makes me unhappy or is a burden to me, I get to label them toxic and cut them off. 
I th- that's really, really helpful. And I mean, in some ways, we get in the, the podcast right here, just know that that's the heartbeat of God. But I want to get into some practical places here. So you mentioned a couple of things like God got creative on how to be with. Um, I always like to encourage people and are like, well, you know, Jesus hung out with sinners. I'm like, yeah, we didn't get like wasted with them. Like it was different yeah. than that. So let's talk about it behaviorally first. So let's say that you're a person that for whatever reason, no matter how extreme, you decided I can't I can't drink alcohol anymore. It's it's not um good for me. I was an alcoholic, am an alcoholic, I'm now done. But like one of my dear friends or someone that lives in my house drinks regularly. How do I set up those types of boundaries with someone that I love, but their behavior is so different than something that is good for me? Yeah, so the scripture says when someone uh, falls into sin, you who are spiritually mature should seek to restore them, but be careful you don't get drawn in, the Bible mm-hmm. says. And so that's what boundaries are. Boundaries are way different than counseling, right? Where um, if that person was out of my house, they're, they're my college friends, I'm trying, in your scenario, I'm trying to cut alcohol out. I'm going to meet them in a non-alcohol environment. Or I'm going to be open with them. Hey, I can't handle the environment that alcohol is in, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to approach that and and I'm going to say to them, uh, I need to not be around that. If that's in my house... Um, then I first I'm going to approach the person in my home and say, listen, this is overwhelming to me. Would you love me enough to do this? I might have to remove myself from the home, or I might have to put some kind of severe boundaries up within the home. You navigate it. Mm-hmm. That's different than cutting a relationship off. Yep. There's a lot of pain in there. There's a lot of disappointment because you're like, I, I wish this wasn't true. Mm-hmm the person that I love, but they're, you don't treat them as if they're dead to you. Everything about that is is unchristlike. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people who are Bible nerds, they know the Bible well enough, they'll be like, well, what about when you treat them as a tax collector and you treat them as a sinner? And I'm like, that is a very, very last resort, and the only motivation to do that is so that they will come to repentance and therefore restoration. Mm-hmm. So it's not a quick decision. That's not an easy one, and and it is a uh, it is for their benefit, not for yours. Most of the time, right now, when we talk about somebody being co- uh, toxic, mm-hmm. we're talking about I don't, I can't handle them, <laughs> or they hurt me, so I'm kicking them out of my life. And the benefit is not to them. The benefit is to you. Well, you start getting into the scriptures like love as you've been loved, forgive as you've been forgiven, uh, bear one another's burdens, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you can't do any of that when you have come to those points, right? Now, in an extreme case, I, I, I think you have to – this stuff usually shows up on a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? So I think on one end of this spectrum is a non-extreme case where you're managing a friendship. And you might have to look at somebody and say, listen, I need, I love you, but like we don't need to be together 24 hours a day. Like I need other relationships. Uh, You're managing a relationship. 
you know, Billy, I love I love your friends, but they can't be at the house every night. Like we need to have a family. Uh, you have a friend and they're no good with boundaries. You're going to sit down with them and say, listen, th- these are our boundaries. Some Sometimes, like we love you. You are welcome here. Sometimes this is what needs to be the case. And I'm just being honest with you about it. So that's like one extreme. The other extreme of that is my father abused me. Every time he's around me, it triggers traumatic memories for me, and I malfunction on my spouse and my children. And I'm like, right, so let's set up different boundaries with them. And it depends on how they are reacting. Uh, If they are demanding that you forgive them, that's one conversation. If they are begging for your forgiveness, that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. If they are still drinking and drugging, that's one conversation. If they have gotten clean and sober and they're trying to go through the the, uh, 12 steps and make amends with you is one of the 12 steps, that's a different conversation. And this is where, as a Christ follower, these processes have to be spirit-led, and it's where you need wisdom and godly counsel. Mm-hmm. And so this is godly friends, not friends on your team. Right. Godly friends. Uh, this is where spiritual leaders, life group leaders, pastors get involved, and you it's almost strategic of, of, well, let's talk about the nuances of the situation. If you came and met with me about this kind of stuff, and I've done this with many, many <laughs> people, I, first of all, I, I would be like, well, can you tell me the story? Yeah. And I'm gonna sit there for an hour, and I'm just gonna try to get the details of that story and their responses and your responses. And maybe at the end of that, I can start to give some guidance or some suggestions of what to do. But there is no, uh, it's too taxing for me. I'm only having healthy people in my life. All these other people are dead to me. That's not the way of the master. That's not the way of Christ Mm -hmm. in in these things. I think that's so, because what happens is when we hear that kind of advice, it sounds good it doesn't you know when you say like you know if you have these unhealthy people in your life just you kind of like yeah that makes a lot of sense because i'm stressed and i'm uncomfortable and i'm not in a healthy spot and so if i just get rid of all these people in my life oh okay and that's where like we have to allow the truth of jesus and how he lived his life to inform and direct how we live ours because what's default is not always what's correct right because that response uh I want to be healthy, and these people, and I want to be happy, and these people are making me unhealthy and unhappy. is is a very narcissistic response, that that the world revolves around me and what I feel and what I want and and what I want to bear or not bear. Mm-hmm. That is the opposite of a Christ-like response. So Jesus would look at us and say, "Yeah, you love your enemies." Um, you, I was listening to a guy on a podcast uh, the other day. He's like, I want to be a better Christian. And he goes, you know that love your enemy thing? He goes, I'm just not doing that. I'm not there. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I thought to myself, I was like, then you don't want to be a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I don't want to deal with these things. I don't want to deal with these people. So you don't want to share in the sufferings of Christ, which we're called to do. So I'm like, be, be careful with that, right? Be really, really careful with that because there's Jesus is not, he did not involve himself in the world just to make your life better. Mm-hmm. He involved himself in the world to make you into something you cannot be on your own. And when you say the only parts of Jesus that I accept are the parts that I like and make me healthy and happy, you are denying the power of the gospel in your life. The gospel is not being disruptive. Mm-hmm. It's very different than saying, I am willing to love a person. I'm not sure how to do that in a healthy way. It's a very different conversation. Yep. And I get very concerned uh, the I love Jesus because he completes me, uh, because he fulfills me, and because he makes me happy is actually a false gospel. Mm-hmm. I love Jesus, and he molds me and shapes me into whoever he wants and needs me to be is a powerful gospel. And we are called to love unlovely people. Now, we are not called to let them control every aspect of our life. We are not called to let them abuse us. Right. We are not called to let them use us. That is not the conversation. Um, and that's where we need, like, how do I love somebody that's unlovely? It's a very difficult question to answer. Yeah. Do If I'm married, am, am I out of love for my husband? Do I stay in an abusive relationship? I'm like, well, no. But what does it mean not to have an abusive relationship? Has anybody confronted the guy? Has anybody talked to him? Do you have brothers in Christ that would stand up to him? Mm -hmm. There's so much between what he's doing is wrong and he is forever out of my life. And we skip over it. And that plays out like in friendships. Well, they're, they're so draining. Well, there's so much between you don't have to be drained and worn down to a nub and I want them out of my life. Mm-hmm. There's so much ground to cover there and we tend not to talk about that ground and and kind of search God's heart and mind on that ground and, and that's really what we're called to, to do. Yeah, that's really, really good. If, if our listeners are at all like me, um, you got names right cycling through your head people that you know of that might be one of these situations people that you're in this type of situation with i'm glad that you guys have those problems i don't yeah. i'm really feel like i'm pretty far above Jeff, it all what to would be we honest. do without your example I, yeah you know it's a it's a burden that i bear <laughs> <laughs> wow we're gonna need to set up a boundary jeff between you and me <laughs> this table's not enough uh no if, if that's a situation that you find like when i think of certain names for instance what you just said is like clear as crystal it makes all the sense in the world. I'm like, got it. And then there's like one or two names. I'm like, I'm going to have to process that more and figure out like how to navigate that. My gut instinct is as a listener, you might be in the same boat. For those ones that are clear, like firmly land on the stuff that we're talking about here, run with it and go love those people at an appropriate uh, boundary set level. For those ones that you're like, I have question marks. I don't know for sure how to do this. Don't write this conversation off. Pray about it, like Jeff said. Seek that godly counsel. Find people that can help you navigate and process all of that because 
Um, accidentally writing them off uh, is probably not going to put yourself in a healthy place, especially as you're trying to follow Jesus. And um, accidentally finding yourself in a situation you didn't have to be in might just be really disheartening once you find yourself on the other side of it. So um, process that if you're confused, and, and let's help you. There's so many people um, at Grace Church that um, when I talk about relationships, like on a weekend service, um, they have, they will come up with me and, and they'll look at me and they'll say, you're not talking about me, right? <laughs> and I'm like, right, because we've talked privately. Sure, right. I'm like, this all applies to your situation differently. And guys, if you have a really difficult relationship, like, like you were kind of saying, Joe, let's say 90% of like, yeah, some principles, some boundaries, we kind of work it out. But when you've got that really, really difficult relationship and it's family and it's a spouse or it's a child or it's, you know, it's something that you don't even want to escape, but you couldn't even if you wanted to, um, you, you have to seek wise counsel on that. You're not going to read a book Mm-mm. and you're not going to listen to a podcast that, that brings a comprehensive answer to that. Mm-hmm. And when you seek wise counsel, um, the first conversation that you have with Pastor Joe is not going to be the last conversation you have with Pastor Joe. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it, because you're na- you're navigating right. this, and and it's it's just something. It's a way that the body of Christ can love each other well, mm-hmm. you know. And I've been with um, one of, one of the privileges I've had in ministry is I've just only I've always been in the same spot. So I'm coming up on 30 years in one church. It's, it's really, I'm grateful for it. But what that means is, like, I've navigated, like, a, a father-daughter relationship where the father is toxic. Well, him being toxic at 50 is a completely different conversation with him being toxic at 80. Mm-hmm. He's still toxic, but the strategy, so to say, is completely different because of what we're talking about. And and the daughter, I'm obviously thinking of a situation, the daughter is like, and I'm the only child that will even deal with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, because you're the only one that follows Jesus. Mm-hmm. So how can the church ease your burden? How can we, you're not alone. Like, what can we do? How can we help? Can we catch stuff back here so you're freed up there? And, and it's the way that you navigate those things. And in that sense, those relationships are not a sin or a toxin that you cut out. They are a burden that you bear. Mm-hmm. And the scripture is very clear. Jesus is very clear. Like you bear those things together. Yep. This is where your church family or the body of Christ gets our shoulder under that some way too so that you can honor now, and I'll, I'll say this, um, I've never once, because a lot of times I'll wind up doing those funerals, I've never once done a funeral in a situation like that where the, the in this example, the child looked at me and said, I so regret doing that. Mm-hmm. Like they, they look and say, regardless of what my dad or mom or whoever did, I honored Jesus and I love them and I even shared Jesus with them I don't know what they did with it, but I'm gonna sleep like a baby at night. 
And that's important. You get into scripture, and the scripture is like, if if you don't care for your own family, you, you you're being ungodly. The scripture says that mm-hmm. you don't care for your uh, your grandparents, you don't care for your own family, you don't care. Then you can't lead in the church. And the scripture says, if a if a if a husband is not loving his wife, his prayers are will go unanswered. Mm-hmm. So God. God places these relationships, and, and I know that we all wish that we could have like the perfect mom and dad and spouse and kids, and I, I me too. I mean, like I, I'm grateful that I have those things. I don't think I have a formula that created that. Mm-hmm. What I know is I had a mom and dad who were deeply imperfect, but they were trying to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that's what my kids got out of their dad and mom. Like we, we're, we're not even in the universe of perfect, but we are trying to love Jesus. And so for some of you, um, you're the cycle breaker. Mm-hmm. And that was actually my mom and dad. My mom and dad, they never sorted out the dysfunction of their families. My grandfather died of alcoholism. Uh, my other grandparents, my dad's parents who basically abandoned him and left him to his own, he cared for them. They never like had this awesome moment where like grandpa was like, you know what, David, I really do like, that that never ever happened. But my parents' children were watching my parents be children. Mm. Tracking me? I am. And because they navigated that relationship, when it was time for my siblings to care for my parents, we had a godly example as opposed to Mm -hmm. dad quit talking to his dad when he was 16 and never spoke to him again. Mm -hmm. So there's there's all these huge ramifications and huge things that God is doing and he entrusts us with burdens. That's why we count them as joy, James chapter one. My biggest thing that I would want our listener and all of everybody, I just want you to know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is what we do together and we figure it out. That's why the scripture would say like things like don't give up. Don't, <laughs> yep. you know, don't let go, stand firm. Because where our culture is going is is just not an option for a Christ follower. Yeah, when when we think about the people that we love, and if they we found them in some type of need for drastic care, so emotionally, mental illness, certainly something physical, we would want to get them the best care we could possibly get them. It's it's our nature because of our love for them. God loves the difficult people in our life. Yep. And somehow, for some reason, in his sovereignty, he looks at us and says, I want you to be a part of caring for this person that I love for so much. Yep. I realized that the latter half of your marriage didn't turn out to be what you thought it would. I actually chose you to care for my daughter or to care for my son. I chose you to care for these parents of yours as they age. I chose you, like... God is looking at us and saying, I know this is hard. Yep. Would you please step into this and love them the way that they need loved? I said a, I said a f- few months ago um, in a sermon, I said one of my fears as a pastor uh, is that 
I fear we don't believe in heaven. Mm. Like we know it's there, but we don't actually believe the reward is worth the sacrifice. So these scriptures of like these light and momentary troubles, which are laying up for us a crown of glory, they're a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and for Christ followers, the, the, the great false teaching that's out there right now is that the greatest way God can bless me is bless me here and now. Yeah. And and God is so clear in the scriptures that He's like, no, like the, here and now is actually uh, leading to something glorious. And by the way, I know that, and I'm, I, you guys are going to get rewarded for it. Like it, you're, it's going to be so. And the reward isn't like you got second place. The reward is like it was so worth it mm. to do that. So it's what makes us so shy about bearing burdens and so shy about suffering where we're, we're like god I, you know what i would just rather just give me a good 80 years and then i'll just click out and 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 we don't we don't believe that heaven is what god says it is we struggle mm-hmm. with that we we're, we're, we believe that heaven is i got across a finish line and and i'm not going to hell that's what we believe heaven is. And it's nothing what God, about what God describes about our souls being with him. So it's those kind of perspectives. Like we have to remind, because when I'm hurting and exhausting and I've been taking care of somebody that in my home whose health is failing and they wounded me my whole life and I'm responsible for that, or the second half of my marriage, my spouse, you know, whatever, Ugh. I mean, I who doesn't want to? I do. I, who doesn't want to throw their in the towel and be done? Mm-hmm. This is this is a huge part of what it means to spur one another on the love and good deeds. This is not about being better versions of our earthly self. This is the supernatural work of being like Christ, mm-hmm. and this is what Jesus does for us and it's what we do for each other and it's a huge part of the of the testimony of it all yep and that is why we can't just cut out people in our life that are toxic (laughs) (laughs) um so that that is such a a wonderful challenge and reminder um i'll tell you i love dreaming about heaven with people because it does just remind you of that relational come on home from our heavenly father um, and it is all worth it when you can see him for who he is, and it's so great. Well, if there are questions that you would like to engage, you can always submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. If we can help you through any of this, that godly counsel that you might need to seek as you uniquely engage um, some of those relationships in your life, we'd love to point you in the right direction or help you ourselves. Um, and if you like uh, what you're hearing and want more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. If you're looking for a church home, you found our podcast, you're looking for a place to connect, uh, you can always join us here on the weekend or check us out online. But we really are glad that you jumped in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. Catch you next time.